Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Thursday. Oh, we're one week away from that Thursday. The make your excuses, get out of work early. There's college basketball everywhere Thursday. But we got to pace ourselves. It's championship week. The Longhorns have an opponent for the Big 12 championship quarterfinal tonight. We will get to that. There are plenty of basketball stories out there. Little nugget kind of stories about pro and college basketball. UT Pro Timing Day today. We'll get into that. And speaking of that game again, Texas and Oklahoma State. Isaiah's got a full breakdown for you and a preview of the third matchup. Can the Longhorns beat the Cowboys three times this season? It's Chad and Zay on a Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings. Joined once again by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Chad, what's poppin'? It's that time of the year. Happy Thursday, everybody. The blue bonnets are coming out. The red blue bonnets are coming out. You can't call them their old name no more. We don't want to get canceled. Oh. You know, maybe you could say the Cleveland Guardian paintbrushes <laughs> or the... Washington Commander paintbrushes. Wow. Nobody even wants you to to call that flower the Indian paintbrush anymore. Oh, Can't do cancel it. Cancel culture. Oh, I didn't Shout realize that. Z and Z. I do love the. I love those flowers. Though. I do love them too. Oh, they're beautiful. They you are beautiful. Never be too careful. You know what era? We're yeah, in. I know. I know. It is a. It is a weird era right now. All right. So before we get into too much of, I mean, there's a lot of just. I feel like there's just a lot of little kind of headline type of stories we need to hit today. Zay as a um, maybe not president of the fan club, but as a an observer of this story, I feel like we may need to start in Lubbock today. Yeah, there's been an update. You can say I'm a hater. Would That's you like, fine? Would you like to update the people, Oklahoma, and all the other rivals that give us grief? You can say I'm a hater. For okay. Sure. All right. So you've been a bit of a of a tech hater lately, and now oh, yeah. we have the next step because Mark Adams is no longer the coach. Oh, (laughs) boo-hoo. Mark Adams is gone, the savior, the guy that was supposed to be better than Chris Beard and all this Mm. and take you all back to the Final Four and the national championship game. No middle defense. He messed up. Mm. Too bad. So Texas fans have lost Chris Beard because of a crazy incident. Texas Tech fans have now lost both of them. They've lost Beard and Adams. Beard to the alma mater and the perfect situation for him at the time, and then Adams for this. By the way, people might have missed it. It's kind of a late-breaking part of this story. Mark Adams has released another statement, Zay, and it reads, quote, Sometimes on the plantation, you... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't finish that. My bad. I, I really shouldn't finish that one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, what I took from it, he said, Yo, guys, sometimes there's slaves, sometimes there's massa." And your name is Toby. That's what I got from it. Oh, my God. Okay, now, all, all kidding aside, I'm also reading in this story that Kirby Hokut says he did an investigation into what happened. He says he invest. By the way, I also read Mark Adams immediately apologized to the team. Immediately apologized to them for saying whatever he said. And in terms of who accepted the apology, I'm not sure. But then Kirby Hokut does an investigation and says... He believes it was an isolated incident. He does not believe this is something Mark Adams does a whole lot. And it was, again, an isolated thing. So then I'm asking myself, well, okay, so you can't move on? He's not your head coach anymore? 
And I understand that they said it was inappropriate, unacceptable, and racially insensitive uh, comment that was made. Okay. They looked into it, and they're telling me that he does not make unacceptable, racially insensitive comments regularly. This is one. Oh, well, thank you, Mark. This is a one. Right, right. But this is a one-time event. Right. So there's no there's no redemption there's no forgiveness possibility here yeah and what he said was always a master and a servant that's what he told the player and then right. there was another incident apparently that happened where he spit on a player and was quoted i can spit on you whenever i want to Urban Meyer somewhere giving them a standing ovation. Yeah. Now, if you can somehow, again, if Kirby Hokut was able to prove that that incident happened over and above the verbal part of it for me, if you can prove that your coach, I mean, not just like yelled and some spittle hit the player. Oh, yeah. He hopped the loogie. If you're telling me he literally spit on a player and then justified it and said he can do it, then yeah, you can't. Of course. That would not be an isolated incident then. No. And Kirby Hokut isn't maybe giving the, uh, the full truth of the matter. But Mark Adams is out. By the way, I'm reading a couple names. Grant McCaslin, who's at North Texas, and Paul Mills, who's at Oral Roberts. They're both a part of the Scott Drew tree. Okay. They were they were with him at one point at Baylor, and those guys apparently are at least on the list now. So Texas Tech has to find a new basketball coach. Good luck, guys. Man. Uh, so you got that going on. Uh, before we get to the big national basketball coaching story we got to hit the one in the big 12 that uh kind of came out of nowhere this morning i'm driving in and i hear i guess it was aaron aaron or bucky that i first heard say it that bill self isn't coaching tonight and i first thought well what controversy is bill self involved in now is there some academic thing or did he say something in a practice that he wasn't supposed to zay it's very different though this is something medical going on with coach self yeah, it says the school statement, they did not disclose the details of the illness that happened today, but he is currently at the University of Kansas Health System, and he's receiving great care. So glad he's doing well. You don't want anything like this to happen, especially at this time of the year. We know what Coach Self means to the University of Kansas. You know, I heard uh, Dick Vitale say they need to get his statue ready uh, when the Horns play them on Saturday. He's absolutely right. I mean, taking over for Roy Williams, as good as Roy Williams did there, mm-hmm. and winning those two national championships with Mario Chambers hitting that shot against uh, John Calipari's Memphis squad, and then what we saw last year with that old Shiobashi Christian Brown team. This team was clicking, and I, I don't know, you, you would hope that this didn't start this past weekend and the team kind of saw it coming because they did play really bad against the Horns. Now, the Horns had a hell of a game, but you could tell when your coach is off. Right. You, you could tell, you know, he might not have that same enthusiasm or same energy that he carries year-round, and maybe now it's caught up to him. So hopefully Coach Self could get back, you know, during the tournament. But even – not playing or being around for the Big 12 tournament. Hopefully he'd get back next week for an NCAA tournament. Yeah, by all uh, cause, yeah, cuz by all accounts he got, you know, to and from Austin okay. There were no stories about, yeah. you know, anything weird going on um in, in terms of that. So, we certainly hope that he will be okay very quickly. That was certainly a strange story to hear today and obviously they are part of things coming up uh, this afternoon. Uh, at 2 o'clock is the tip time for Kansas and West Virginia. 
Virginia, Iowa State, and Baylor are underway. They're in the first half, about five minutes to go there. Baylor up 30-27 to in that one. We will keep you updated. It is now we're into those days where there's just kind of basketball going on throughout the morning oh, and it's afternoon. Oh, so great. I'm watching the Iowa State-Baylor game right behind you. It's amazing. I could say pretty much whatever I want about you today, can't I? Yeah. I could just <laughs> insult after insult. What did Chad just call Zay and Zay didn't react? Yeah, Zay's watching hoops. Zay's just watching basketball. Locked in, baby. I'm locked in. Six o'clock tonight, of course, for Texas and Oklahoma State. So we'll start with that Bill Self story. There's other basketball stories to get into. Um, There's Bon Voyage to Jim Beheim. That's apparently official now. Jim Beheim is done at Syracuse, will not return after 47 seasons. Any thoughts, Zay, from a uh, basketball fan? He's a legend. He is. I mean, this is a guy that was a part of the Big East when the Big East was really popping in the 80s where a lot of people, you know, your age and above, Chad, fell in love with basketball, especially college basketball, those games going up against, you know, the John Thompsons and Rick Pitino when he was at Providence. And that's some good basketball. And Jim Bayheim, he's had some hell of a players. Like you think of Derek Coleman, the smooth lefty, was kind of, you know, could do it all as a four-man. And then Pearl Washington, mm, Pearl Washington yep. was cold as hell uh-huh. out of the New York area. So, yeah. And then just that 03 team, which uh, I hate talking about them. Cause I bet you do. They took down that really good TJ Ford Final Four squad, Royal Ivy and Brandon Muton and Gosh, Brad Buckman, James Thomas, that team was so good for Rick Barnes. And that young 18-, 19-year-old Carmelo Anthony gave them one of the most efficient 33s you're ever going to see. Yeah. No, and the thing, I mean, for Texas fans, I know it's it's got to suck. It's got to haunt you. I'm sure it does. But I guess it makes it a little easier that that is a badass team. It's not like you lost to nobody. You know, it's not like you lost to a fluke. You didn't lose to – you lost to him Him as a coach. You lost to one of the best individual seasons that we've seen. And that was – if you watch that Syracuse team, they were a machine. The thing I think about with them, other than those obvious two, the coach and then clearly Carmelo, I always think of Akeem Warwick. It's the first thing I go to because he made that zone so stupid that year. Yeah. Hakeem Warwick would get out there up top, and when he spread those arms, it was like, where the heck are you supposed to go with the ball? Yeah, when, when he dunked on Royal Ivy, that was ball game. Oh, my God. Like, I felt like it was a charge. It was still a charge, but just the momentum of how nasty the dunk was and kind of just like the, oh, damn. Oh, yeah. Like, this is what we're dealing with. Dude. These guys are doing this right now at the Superdome. Like, it ain't nothing. they were so young. Gary McNamara, again, we just mentioned Melo. They had so many freshmen on that squad. God, I forgot McNamara was oh, on that team. did he yeah, miss? Yeah, no. Like, I don't think he missed the three that whole uh, run that they had. He had 19 that game. Yeah, and then they ended up beating, was it Kansas in the final? Yeah. Because Hakeem Warwick had a block in that early part of that game I still don't understand. Like, oh, yeah. A, a Kansas dude took a three. From- from the baseline, Hake- or not the baseline, on a baseline, from a, a, ba- on the corner, a corner, corner three. <laughs> Hakeem Warwick blocked it, and I swear one of his feet was on the block. <laughs> like I swear, I don't know how he did it. It's still one of the most amazing things. Yo, the so, first shot Melo hits against Texas, he has Royal Ivy on his heels. Royal Ivy is one of the best defenders I've ever seen uh-huh. at the college level. Probably one of the most underrated defenders in college basketball history. People did probably more paying attention to Texas basketball like we were. 
he hit Royale with this move. Like, Melo almost stumbled himself, but he was so smooth and so fluid, he caught himself and was able to get into that pure jumper that he had, and it was nothing but the bottom. And that just 12 for 19, 33 points. He blew by somebody at one point and finished on TJ. TJ was trying to take oh, the charge. Yeah. He avoided TJ and finished on him for an and one. And, you know, when you do the opposing team's best player like that, it's just so many deflating blows in that game. So that is the only national championship that Bayheim has at Syracuse. Five <laughs> ultimate trips to the Final Four. Somebody texted us, is he the best tournament coach ever? Hell no. I would say no if you only end up with one title. I mean, I'm not 47 try- years. He's not- had way too many good players. He's had some bad seasons. Yeah. Somebody else says, I've missed those big East days. Uh, somebody says, I was there for, uh, for Mello over Texas. Someone else texted, LOL. Also, he's a murderer. Okay. So that's not. <laughs> That's not a, an appropriate word to be to be texting. He's come, had some bad moments. Come on now. He's had some bad moments. That technically qualifies qualified as involuntary manslaughter, I think. I mean, he ain't in prison, so I guess. I think it's some it was something like that. Yeah. Um I, I just find it odd that a guy who's been in Syracuse that long can't drive in the snow. That's all. I, I was very I was just very curious. I know you're old, but that's when I was like, okay, maybe he should step down. Yeah. Somebody said not for total success, but what he got out of his teams in March. He's certainly one of the best tournament coaches uh, that we've seen and and you know was just a part of, of every March it felt like Yo, you're going to see Bayheim. That zone, especially when they backed up the three-point line and mm. you know just the spacing became more, that zone became so dated. Like I after that championship run and they started backing up that line probably around 08 right. and stuff, that's when he really started struggling. Like, hey, Jim, you got to make an adjustment sometime. They're killing you in this zone. Right. These last few years, I've seen teams just eat them alive. You cannot play a 2-3 zone anymore and expect to win. Like, he, if he didn't have Melo, yeah. like, Melo is an all-time player, one of the greatest scorers in NBA history, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Like, that was just the perfect season, but... Right. And again, he's got a guy like Hakeem Warwick who yeah. could stand on the free throw line and take popcorn out of somebody's hand in the second row. Exactly. The dude was stupid long. Yeah, I, I, I think there were some teams that he had that were really good that underachieved just because... Because of the... Co- because yeah, like because he... In, the conservative coaching. Right. The hard-headed coaching. Yeah, yeah. And, and then just, you know, St. John's wasn't what it was... During the ninety or during that, you know, two thousands and Seton Hall, like all those other New York teams, like Syracuse was that it team. If you're growing up in that New York era, you want to go to Syracuse. So he had guys, he had dudes, and mm. then look at all the players that he had that went to the league that underachieved, that couldn't play defense. As good as Carmelo Anthony was, him and George Carl used to butt heads at Denver because. Melo couldn't play no D. Why? Because Melo was in a zone the whole time during his college days. He wasn't taught how to play defense in college. <laughs> that's, a, that's a decent point. Or you're doing your zone? That's all we work on? I never thought of that. I have no idea that's who plays zone besides your Dallas Mavericks against LeBron in 2011. No one played zone in the NBA. Mm-hmm. No one does. That's just you play it for spurts, and that's about it. But go look. Go look at the history of Jim Beheim's guys that he's put in the league and look how they've underachieved. Like, guys that get picked high. Hakeem Warwick's one of them. Yeah, right. That's true. Like Hakeem Warwick came in the league, and we're like, dang, dog, ain't you more athletic than this? And he's probably like, I just don't know man tendencies. 
I just don't know simple help side stuff. I didn't work on that. We didn't practice. We didn't do that. it. Yeah. So now you're playing against the best players in the world, and now you have to learn how to play man to man. So, uh, in case you don't know, Adrian Autry, a former player at Syracuse, has now been promoted to the head coach. And I'm assuming oh. I, I haven't heard the details. Does now is Syracuse lost last night? Are they out? Yeah. Then I get in the tournament. No. Okay. So it'll be next year when Autry takes over. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming they're not going to accept like an NIT or something like that. Would be kind of silly. That'd be whack. Yeah. Uh, they probably shouldn't do that. Jim Beheim out at Syracuse. We'll continue to talk about that. We've got a couple other stories here before the break. How about the Kevin Durant update? My God, Zay. I was so excited yesterday. <sighs> I was going to get you to tell me about it because it's all. it was on League Pass. It wasn't on a national channel last night. It was his debut with Phoenix. And I can't even remember who they were playing last night. Um, but... I was excited. Thunder, Oklahoma City. Oh, you're right. Oklahoma City. That's it. They're playing one of his former teams. So, um, Oklahoma City and Phoenix. And in the warm-up, a non-contact. He's just trying to do a little practice. It was stretching things out. A little drive to the basket. It was going to either be just a, a little layup or a dunk before he probably headed right into the locker room. And he rolled that left ankle up. And now this morning, they've done the MRI. And they think he'll miss the rest of the season, Zay. That's brutal. Or at least it's possible. I don't know that yeah. we have the absolute on it yet, but they are fearing that Durant's going to have to miss the rest of the year. Man, that sucks for him. That really sucks because you want some type of chemistry going into the playoffs and sitting where they're at at the fourth spot, they're probably going to get get in. They're separating themselves a little bit from the Warriors and the Clippers, Timberwolves, etc. But now it's back on Chris Paul being that number two. I mean, I know DeAndre Ayton's a number one pick coming out of the draft, but he's their number three guy, number four, when Kevin Durant's on the court. And now that's just putting so much more responsibility and pressure on Chris Paul that he don't need, you know, as Mm -hmm. injury-prone as he is. And at his stage of his career and all that, yeah. You know, he doesn't need to be the number two for the closing 20-something games that you have left. Now, Devin Booker, he don't care if he's the number one, number two. You no. saw the 44 he got last night. It ain't going to change his mindset. He's going to go out to get buckets. But he has dealt with a hamstring injury himself yeah. this season. I hate it for him, too. God, yeah. I hate it for Booker because he had Durant there, and he knows how good Durant can be. Yeah. If he'd been healthy, what we would have gotten to see, that sucks, man. Yeah, I, you know, I talk about all the time Damian Lillard being the second greatest shooter you know, of all time, in my opinion. Durant is right there for number three with his mid-range game. Now him being seven foot gives him the advantage that Steph Curry and Damian Lillard don't have. But the fact that he's seven foot and is so fluid and is able to do these things and now being 34 years old, those setbacks take a little longer. You don't heal up like you once did in your early 20s. And this gives you a little bit of deja vu of what happened against Toronto in the finals in 2019 where he tore his Achilles. That was non-contact. He just tried to make a move. You could see the pop. He was just trying to make a normal move that he's done for his whole career since he was a kid growing up in the DMV area. And now just in warm-ups. Like, you're not even going that hard. No. Like, you're going maybe 60%, 70 You're just trying to break a sweat, get a little rhythm before the game. No like, one was in his way. No one was in his way, and it's a layup. Like, he's going for a layup or dunk, and yeah. he just slipped. It wasn't like the mop kid cut in front of him or something weird happened. Oh, an official was standing there. It was just basic. Yeah. That sucks. And those, like, those are the worst injuries, man. And mm. we're just starting to see these guys that are now in their 30s 
that we've seen and we've come so accustomed to hooping at this time of the season or when it comes to the playoffs, Steph Curry, he's been injured a lot this year. Yeah. LeBron, mm-hmm. same with him. Kawhi Leonard, everybody's been bitching about his load management with the Clippers, and the Clippers were like, yo, this dude just tore his ACL. You saw what Zaza Pachulia just did with him. You saw what happened uh, in San Antonio with him. We're not, you know, we know how his camp acts. We're going to, if he says he doesn't want to play, we're going to respect that. Yep, yep. We ain't going to, we ain't going to be like San Antonio now. We're not going to make that same mistake. And it's worked out for them, but still, Kawhi, you got to watch out. You just never know. So all of these guys, man, that are now in their 30s, mid-30s, upper 30s, like Braun and stuff, just every time they have these little nicks and knacks, they're out a little bit longer than you would expect. So that's why if you're somebody like Memphis, if you're a fan of Memphis, you're like John Morant, bruh, look at everybody getting hurt and stuff. We could come in smooth and nobody's expecting us to win and do some serious damage in the playoffs. Yeah, That's why you got to get your head straight, bro. It's a great point. Great point. By the way, we do have a John Morant update. There's a Jamie Dixon story we need to talk about in the Big 12. Speaking of the Big 12, it's been a good one so far between Baylor and Iowa State. Baylor had a five-point lead a minute ago. Iowa State put a little 5-0 run on them and tied it up. Uh, 18 seconds to go in the first half, and they are all knotted at 38. And, Zay, this is one of those games where an Iowa State or either Kansas team, they're never really out of it because of the crowd. That crowd in Kansas City will show up for them. More of their fans will be there than Baylor fans. Scott Drew knows it. The energy will be there as long as they can keep it close. And that's what we just saw, man. That little 5-0 run happened in a blink. Yeah, yeah. And right now... I see Langston Love. He's not playing for Baylor, the San Antonio native. But Jalen Bridges, we saw the really good game that he had against the Horns a couple of weeks ago. He has 16 points right now. We know the three main guards, Cryer, George, and Flagler, they're really what makes Baylor go. So if you could get Bridges to do what he's been doing right now, and then on the Iowa State side, they need Gabe Kausher to shoot well. We know Caleb Grills no longer with the team. Jaron Holmes and Lipsley, both of those guys being you know point guards, they need a ton out of Lipsy. He has to be a lot better for them, yep. but he's a freshman. That's so much to put on him. So both of these teams, I think, could do damage in March. It just all depends on the matchup like all the other squads. There will be a lot of basketball discussed today, but don't worry. We never forget about football around here because it never dies. Uh, Texas Spring Football on Underway. Spring game 37 days away. It is pro timing day over at UT. We'll start talking a little bit of that at 1 o'clock. Dig into some of those stories. Uh, also, all season long, Zay's been getting you the right call segment, previewing all the Longhorn games. He will do that next for Texas and Oklahoma State. By the way, Baylor hit a nice three to end the first half. A deep three makes it 41-38 Baylor at the half. We'll keep you updated on that game. Stay with us. Zay will tell you about Texas and Oklahoma Oklahoma State next on the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, getting started on a Thursday. I'm not going to pretend like I'm guessing here because this one I did hear a little bit earlier yesterday. Our uh, our production guy, Dave, has now turned us on to a new artist with an old feel to his sound. This is more Aaron Frazier. Is that right? That's right. Man. Ride with me. I got to find out more about this young man. I walked up to him 
the other day, and I said, all right. I said, it sounds like it could have been done back in, you know, 78. So is this a young guy with an old sound, or is it an older sound? He says, no, it's a young guy. It's a young guy. Apparently, he's a drummer in some other band, and now he's gotten his, uh, you know, solo career started, and he hits that, as Dave described it, kind of a Curtis Mayfield falsetto getting up there. And he'll get, and he feels very comfortable up there. The first two people I thought of when I heard him, if it was going to be a younger guy, was Gary Clark Jr. and the dude from Black Pumas. Those were the two voices I thought of that I've heard recently where it's like, oh man, they feel real comfortable going up high. They can do a lot of stuff there. Feels really talented. Yeah, I think somebody on the Black Keys actually produced one of the songs that we played. He mentioned that as well. I took good, uh, thank you for bringing that up too. And I dig uh, some of the Black Key stuff as well. So you I think you're right. There one of those guys produces him, so maybe something uh, to check into if you're a music snob like us. Aaron Frazier getting us started today. Remember, it is Thursday. So today at 2 o'clock, we go back to the album swap discussion and I will warn you now. Your parents may not want to listen to the album swap discussion today. They may be highly offended because we're going Jizza and Body Count today. All right? It's going to get a little intense. Yeah, it's a little bit. A little bit at 2.05. I'll tell you what I thought of Liquid Swords. Zay will tell you what he thought of Body Count. We'll do that at 2.05. We got a lot of basketball stuff out there in terms of stories, but we'll also keep you up to date on the Big 12 games. Baylor up 41-38 at the half on Iowa State. Of course, the Longhorns did find out last night who their opponent is going to be. Let's get into the right call segment. Zay breaking it down for you like he has all season long. It is our first postseason edition of the right call. Zay, it's Longhorns and Cowboys for the third time. Yeah, I'm excited. The right call segment is brought to you by Syntex Tickets. Go to SyntexTickets.com for your sports tickets, concerts, theater, and stand-up. Hey, Shelby, get them to me. Get them to me quick. Go to SyntexTickets.com. And, yeah, the Cowboys won yesterday against the Sooners. They took care of business 59-47, to and they had a couple of huge timely shots that just killed Porter Mosier's squad. You know, John Michael Wright, it was around the second half, low-scoring game. It was 35-30. to 30. Shot clock was going down. Ball rolled out to almost the half-court line, maybe a couple steps in. John Michael Wright with one second left on the shot clock, hits a three from Steph Curry, Dame Lillard range. Ooh. Brutal. And then after that, it just... It just continued. The chemistry kept going for the Cowboys, and they looked good. You know, those two games that the Horns played at Oklahoma State, they won 56-46, just a defensive battle, one of Dylan Mitchell's best games. Timmy Allen only had 11. Marcus Carr had 12, but the defense was amazing. And then a couple of weeks after that, they played them at the mood, beat them by 14, 89-75. Timmy Allen, 17 points. Dylan Sue had 12. Marcus Carr, 21 points, which is a big reason why he was first team all Big 12. So this time around, what those games had that this game, or what those games didn't have that this game will, is Musa Sise, the big man mm-hmm. for Oklahoma State that leads the Big 12 in blocks with two a game. Super athletic. He's starting now with Smith. Both of those guys are old school bigs. They won't step out and shoot the three. Uh, they do not have Avery Anderson, the third anymore. He broke his wrist. So 
They lost that scoring ability from him. He's a solid player, but they still have Caleb Asbury, the Pflugerville High alum, okay. who's a transfer from Texas State. He could shoot. He had some big threes last night, 15 points. Bryce Thompson, who has a really nice mid-range game. He likes to get inside that three-point line and do his damage a little bit like Timmy Allen, but the ball's in his hands a little bit more than Timmy Allen. And then John Michael Wright, who I just mentioned, hit that half-court shot that I think really separated the game with uh, the Cowboys against the Sooners yesterday. He's just a hard-nosed guy. So their athleticism, that's their main attribute. And plus, we know what the Horns don't do well is what Oklahoma State does do well. They will dominate you on the offensive glass if you let them. Right. And we know in these uh, Horns losses, especially the Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, they've been getting killed on the boards. They did a really good job against Kansas, mm -hmm. but you talked about it yesterday when we did that little ESPN preview of the 10 teams that can make it or that can win it all. The eight teams that they thought, yeah, eight yeah. teams that they yep. thought. The reason why they didn't think Texas can win is because they don't do well on the offensive glass. So that means you don't get enough attempts up, which if you shoot bad and you don't get the offensive boards, you could struggle. That's why we've seen Texas go on those droughts. So we got to continue Tyrese Hunter to play the way he is. Like he's been great these last few weeks. He was definitely great on Saturday, just attacking, getting to the line, nine out of 10 free throws. Sergeant Barry Rice continued to be the best six man in the country like you've been all year long. The 23 points that he had was amazing. And then just more from Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr. We know hopefully this week, these last five days, where you don't have to play on a Tuesday or a Monday like you have all year from these Saturday to Monday games, Saturday to Tuesday games. Now you play on Thursday, hopefully Marcus his car could get his legs back mm -hmm. because it's going to be a tough three days if you get to the Big 12 championship, which I think the Horns could do. So I, I'm excited. I think this is the type of team that you want to play heading into March, a really athletic team that could give you problems, but Dylan Mitchell, Dylan DeSue, Christian Bishop, Brock Cunningham. Brock Cunningham was huge in that game uh, uh, when it was at the moon. He had a couple yeah. of big threes that separated the lead, which the Horns really took care of business. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Rodney Terry winning Sporting News Coach of the Year. That was big time. Yeah, congrats to Coach Terry. That's yeah, awesome. I know that's huge for him, and that's going to make CDC have some serious decisions to make. But at the end of the day, it's all going to be based on what he does now. Yeah, not that it's the critical factor, but you just mentioned Brock Cunningham. He hadn't really been Brock Cunningham in the last few games. He needs to, he needs to get back to that the impactful Brock, uh, Brock Cunningham, give you those good minutes that he can. And then from the fatigue standpoint, we had fans texting us and watching games. You talked about it. Had a, they looked a little worn out right before that Kansas game. Felt a lot of energy, obviously, coming back in that one. But now you got to go, like you said, you got to go three in a row here if you're going to win it. If you're going to win the Big 12 tournament, you're going to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So can they, do they have the legs to pull that off? Uh, but we also talked about it, man. It's, it's, it's guard time. That's what March is about. So Marcus Carr and then Tyrese Hunter, interesting. Uh, there's, a, there's now a little bit of a, I'm not going to say swagger, but a little bit of a confidence around Tyrese Hunter. He is playing better. And then in his comments, I heard the guys playing some stuff on Light the Tower. His comments are now what you've talked about. It is a, oh, no, I see what y'all are saying. I Hell see it. Yeah. I see it. I read it. I know what people are saying. I'm good. I'm going to handle this. I'm a t I've been able to take care of some stuff, and I'm, I'm good. So there's a confidence around him like, no, no, I've been able to figure it out, get my game figured out, and I'm moving forward. But the only worry I have there, if I was a Texas fan, is, oh, that means you're looking at everything. 
That means you're looking at the stuff. But nowadays, they're going to. Players are going to see all that. It does feel like Tyrese Hunter now has found the balance of what to look at, what not to look at, maybe, and then most importantly, how to play. Because I think he's critical for tonight's game. Yeah, and everybody reacted different to losing Chris Beard. And I think it hit him the hardest, Mm -hmm. you know, because he was playing so well, and then that happened, and then his drought happened. And now, with so much attention on Marcus Carr and Serge Abari Rice, when he's out there, he most likely has the third worst defender guard, one of the worst defenders guarding him that's on the court. Because, again, they're so worried about Marcus Carr doing what he does, mm-hmm. being first-team All-Big 12, Serge Barry Rice, being six-man of the year. And then when Timmy Allen, when he's cooking and being aggressive, that just changes everybody's role. So, yeah, Tyrese Hunter, hey, I love him listening to us and the media talk about him because some guys could use that as fuel. And Feels like he's using it the right way right yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah. use it the right way. We need that. Hell, that's what it's all about. Got to have an edge. You got to have an edge. and. Yeah. If you watched him last year with Iowa State, he came to play this time of the year. He was big time for the Cyclones getting to the Sweet 16. So maybe he's been waiting on that also. I'll, I'll take it at this point. But, yeah, you need two out of the three guards to play well. If you could get a little arterial Morris sprinkled in there for the eight minutes that he gives you, which he's mm-hmm. hit a couple of threes these last few games, had a nice steal and dime that led to a Serge Abari Rice dunk continue to have all that, and they should be in good shape tonight. Right call segment, as they mentioned, brought to you by Syntex Tickets. By the way, stay tuned. I've heard a rumor that Syntex Tickets might be sending a fan to the Final Four. Uh-oh. Men's and women's. Yo. They are both in the state of Texas, after all. Easy Just commute. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Thanks to Syntex Tickets for being a great partner. Thanks to Zay, as always, for the great basketball breakdowns. 41-38, Baylor at the half over Iowa State. That West Virginia-Kansas game will tip at 2 or thereabouts. And then Texas and Oklahoma State scheduled for 6 o'clock tonight. So 5.30 pregame for you right here on the horn uh coming up at 105 we'll switch to football a little bit little pro timing day discussion how many of those guys that performed in indy will perform today and then who didn't perform in indy that may be trying to get a little bit of attention we got a lot of basketball stories out there we still haven't gotten to the jamie dixon story the john morant update is really important as well but up next in the crap bag i will tell you what i'm gonna miss most about jim Beheim. hadn't even thought about it Hadn't even thought I would miss him, and it hit me last night. Oh, my God. This is what I'm going to miss. I'll tell you next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. This is the band that Aaron Frazier drums for. No, it's not. That's not that's not who it is at all. Wow. Let me listen to this one start up a little bit. <laughs> Can you imagine being the drummer and have to do this every night on a tour? My God. Oh, wait a minute. I think I know that voice. I'm gonna go with Slayer. That's right. Yeah. Alright, what's the title? Angel of Death. Angel of Oh yeah. Angel of Death! Oh my god. Such a great mellow band. Slayer! 
and Aaron Frazier get us started today. I've seen Slayer live now. I can check that one off my list. And man, are they Slayer for the whole show. <laughs> no ballads, no breaks, no downtime. They are just Slayer for the whole time. Uh, so, it may not quite get that intense when we discuss body count. But body count gets, body count kind of doesn't quite live in this neighborhood. But it's almost there. It's almost there. Body count's kind of between this and like Pantera. I mean, they are, that's hardcore stuff. That is big time metal. And then they throw Ice T into the mix and it got pretty wild. We'll get Zay's thoughts on that album coming up at two. I'll tell you about the Jizza Liquid Swords album and what I thought of that. Your update on the Big 12 game is Baylor up eight now on Iowa State. They got a nice three at the end of the half, give them a little momentum, and they've started the second half well. 50 42. They're just about to hit the first media timeout in the second half. Of course, Texas and Oklahoma State coming up later. We've yeah. also told you that Bill Self will not coach in the game that Kansas has to this afternoon because of some kind of illness. We certainly hope that he will be better very soon. But something uh, scared the Kansas folks enough that they said, you know what, Coach, we're going to have you sit because, like you said earlier, Zay, they would love to have him in the tournament if they need to sit him here in Kansas City. They'll do that. Let's just hope he's all right. Absolutely, and they were without them at the beginning of the season. Remember for the Adidas thing that he got hit with? He missed a couple of the games. Oh, that's four. true. Now, that was punishment, though. That was punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was punishment. So they, but they play without him. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I got you. They so, play without him a little bit. Just I, this point of the year, you need all of Bill Self. Yeah, and they've got some experience on that team, obviously, that can help them out. But, yeah, you, you need every little ingredient. When and, you, and the way they looked against Texas – yeah. 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 You need it all. You need it all. All right. We'll talk Texas Pro Timing Day coming up. There's basketball stories to update. Right now, let's get into the crab bag. I'll tell you what I'm going to miss about Bayheim. Chad's crab bag. Crab bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. It's brought to you by AV Consultations, 255 8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Last night, I'm watching the coverage of Jim Bayheim. And how he dealt with his press conference. And I realized, oh my God, there it is. It's what I'm going to miss about Jim Beheim, Smugness. That's what I'm going to miss most of all. In my life, when I think of sports, I don't think there are any better villains in sports than head men's college basketball coaches. They've become the villains of my life that I love to follow. Again, I'm a pro wrestling guy, so I love a good villain. I'm a superhero fan. I love a good villain. I don't think you have a good movie unless you have a good villain. You have to have a guy, in this case, or it could be a woman, whatever, that people either love to love or love to hate, but there's no middle ground. And I think Jim Beheim lives right in that area. Did y'all hear him last night when he said, you know, I gave my retirement press conference and and y'all just missed it. And then they're like, wait, coach, hold on to clarify. Are you retiring? Well, that's that's the university's decision. Wait, what? Hold on. We're just trying to clarify. Are you retiring? Not my choice. And I thought, God, you smug bastard. That is beautiful. Perfectly done, coach. Perfectly done. That's what I'm going to miss. Over my lifetime, they've become my favorite villains. I grew up, like Zay was saying earlier, I latched on to those guys. First it was about players and teams. Then the coaches came along. Valvano and Roy Williams and Massimino and Carnesecca and Big John Thompson. Man, I wish John Thompson and um, and Bayheim had gotten in an actual fight because I wanted to see what it would look like if John Thompson punched him right in the face. They got close. They did, and don't ask me why. I just It was interesting. John Chaney and Calipari and Coach K and Dean Smith and Jim Calhoun and all those guys. 
But the sad part is we're losing those guys now. They're going away. This sport has lost its teams and its development, and it's kind of gotten watered down over the years because you're not seeing these guys stay and develop anymore, like in the Tim Duncan years or go further back, way back on teams. But what we had was coaches. We had coaches stay for 20 years, or in his case, 47 years. Here's your perspective. When Jim Beheim started at Syracuse, Jimmy Carter wasn't even president yet. Gerald Ford was. Carter was about to be. Reagan was still four years away. And John Lennon and Elvis were both still alive. That's how long ago it was. But I love how college basketball coaches, the men's college basketball coaches, they all think they're better than us. They all think they know more than us. They're so smug. Bobby Knight was probably the leader of the group. I'll do anything I want. I'll say anything I want. I'll think anything I want. Nowadays, some of them are getting in a little trouble for that. But this was the heyday, and Bayheim is one of my absolute favorites. He never answers a question like he thinks the person who asks knows anything anything today i watched a little video of michael wilbon and tony kornheiser paying tribute to him and saying oh my god we love coach and what did wilbon say oh yeah every time we got together he would just rip on us he would rip on us and tell us why we didn't know what we were talking about because he's Bayheim and he's one of the villains and he's gone now and it kind of sucks for me as a college basketball fan because i've now watched north carolina duke and syracuse go from absolute legends, maybe the biggest legends they've ever had to a guy that's never been a head coach ever. Like that. So it's all changing in a in another big way for me in college basketball. These dudes are in their 70s now. They're headed out the door now. And they were what this sport was about for so many years. Patino. I mean, Bill Self may be the last... Now, kind of one of the last ones left. I don't know if Mark Few really qualifies as a villain because he's out in Gonz- at a Gonzaga or whatever. He's kind of the villain. I love to hate Calhoun. I love to hate Bayheim. Anytime his teams would lose, it was like candy in my mouth. I love Calhoun. And now he's gone. It kind of sucks, man. I, I'm going to miss rooting against him. Yo, Jim Calhoun, I loved him because he showed me, yo, you could win with a fat point guard. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Elamine, because I'm fat myself. I was like, yo, if this guy oh my can God. Hold, I might have a shot. There might be a coach that says, yo, this physique that Collier has, we could yeah. do something with that. If Kelly Elamine's running point winning national yeah. championships with Rip Hamilton. I loved it. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. So bon voyage, coach. You are one of the best villains out there. Uh, and there's just all this stuff. I want all those dudes my dumb idea of the day is I want all those dudes to come to an agreement with some kind of author that they're going to tell everything they've gotten away with all the years. Because I also believe that the men's college basketball coaches through the years, just the dirtiest bunch. Oh, especially the Big East crew. Oh, my God. With, like the mafioso vibe. Exactly. And the mafia, like being the Big East. And, make an, yeah, make, hell yeah. Make an agreement that you're going to tell them all the secrets, but they won't get paid and nothing will come out till you die. Like, let's do that with all of them, because you know Bayheim's got stories, man. Yeah, they used to call John Thompson the black Italian. Oh, my God. Remember, I didn't even mention my favorite one ever. Zay, you're a little young probably to remember, but I know you've seen the footage. That day that John Chaney threatened to kill Calipari at a press conference. Amazing. At a press conference. And, and go back and listen to it. It sounds like he's serious. It doesn't sound like he's being flippant. Yeah. It sounds like if they had let him go... 
John Cheney might have killed John Calipari right there in front of the assembled media. It was intense back in the day. Yeah. And these coaches were becoming the villains that they would be, and now we're seeing more and more of them go away or go to smaller schools and then go away, and I'm just kind of sad. Beheim might be my last guy. I think he's kind of the last of the villains. Bill Self, please get better quickly because you may be the last villain we've got right now of that old kind of crew that's got that's got some you know that's got some uh, skins on the wall. He's kind of that last guy. Few maybe, like I said, yeah, but there's Jay not many Wright, left. Jay Wright was with Few and Self, and he got out the game. Oh yeah, Jay Wright, so easy to hate if you hated him because he had oh, the great suits and the thing, and he was yeah, handsome attractive. and people. Love to hate bring that guy. three stars in and turn them into NBA players. Oh, so good. A uh, couple other quick things here. We haven't mentioned the Ja Morant thing. We'll discuss this coming up, but just in case you get, didn't get the update, Ja Morant is, he will not be charged with anything in that story uh, in Colorado. They said they didn't have enough available evidence. He's going to be away at least the next four games. So, like you were talking about, Zay, if he can get his head straight, they're talking St. Patrick's Day, maybe coming back or right around there. Can he get things figured out? He is admitted to needing some kind of help. They're trying to get him some kind of help. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means drugs and alcohol. I don't know if that means just mental health. He said, I need to learn how to deal with stress better. There's a quote of John Morant talking. I mean, you see his ignorant ass daddy on the sidelines with his sunglasses on in the arena every week looking like Usher. Right. Like, that's it starts there. Like, I get it, Pops. You got him to the league, but once that paper starts rolling in, it hits everybody differently. Some guys are smart and invest and save, and some guys go the Allen Iverson route. And blow it, or right. by as much as we love Vince Young, we heard the Cheesecake Factory stories. Yeah, like we we heard about all that. We know about all that. Some guys just have a hard time saying no to their boys, and that money could do something to you. Yeah, hopefully he's not. Uh, hopefully, whatever he's involved in or dealing with, they can help him with it. They, the Grizzlies, can help him with it. Find him somebody. Uh, that can help him. So we'll talk about that story. Also, Zay, did you see the Sean Kemp update? I know. This dude's one of my favorites of all time when he was in his prime. Sean Kemp is facing a felony drive-by shooting charge in Tacoma, Washington. Some argument between him and another vehicle, and he ends up getting charged with a drive-by shooting. Ugh. I, I feel I'm still in the Pacific Northwest, but come on, dog. As much as you love the weed and stuff... Shouldn't you be a little calmer? Well, and you, it's funny you said that. I was reading through the, the bio in the last year or so. He got into the cannabis world. Oh. He opened a store, and guess who was in it with him? Gary Payton. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he has his own strain. And they sold Payton cookies in the store. That's perfect. That's perfect. And now he's getting involved in something like this. Sean Kemp's one of those guys I've worried about for years for different reasons. He's one of those lots of kids, lots of women guys. Seven mm-hmm. kids, six different women, which means he's got a lot of responsibilities to take care of, and you just hope he doesn't go off in weird ways to try to do that. And now, yeah, hopefully, I don't know where it goes, but again, he is facing a felony drive-by shooting charge. Yeah, I crazy. Wish I said I was surprised, but oh, John I know. Kemp. Yeah, you always knew something was off with him, and I remember when NBA had that lockout in '99, and he came back from that lockout with Cleveland. Yep. He was about fifty pounds heavier. Oh, it was a different dude. Like, yo, what happened? We weren't gone that long, dog. The day Sean Kemp became Oliver Miller. <laughs> 
was one of the year. It was one of the weirdest. And for the rest of his career, I couldn't convince anybody he was ever good. Right from that day forward, nobody like me could tell anybody like you, a younger guy, basketball fan, that he was ever good. Oh, he was cold because he was just like, oh my god, he put like you said, he put on fifty pounds. Yeah, what is happening? Yo, those teams were good. Oh, like they Gary were Payton man. and Detlef Shrimp, Hershey Hawkins. Those teams were good. So much fun to watch those finals. Them and the Bulls. I guess it was one set, one finals they played against each other. But watching that Seattle team in that era, they were a lot of fun to watch. Do you buy that Gary Payton? He goes around saying if he would have guarded Jordan in those first few games, they would have won the finals in '96. You buy uh, that? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. But I want to see it. I wanted to see it. He just blamed Gary Payton. Just straight up blames George Carl. Right. Just I, said, "Yeah, Carl wouldn't put me on Jordan because I had so many other responsibilities." I still think the Bulls would have figured it out, but I would have loved to have seen the series play out from that point of the idea of no, no, man, let me have him, let me have him, because that's what we all wanted to see. Yeah, we all wanted to see that. All right, I tell GP, GP, it goes five instead of six <laughs> if you're checking Mike because he's using you in the post. You can't just foul the whole. T- this is Mike. You can't do what you normally right. do. You can't yeah, get yeah. in his head. Yeah, it's we're Mike. And we're talking about '96, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, right? Not that '91 or '92 Jordan wasn't yeah, good. '96 motivated, seventy and ten Bulls. Come on, man. Come on, yeah. Gary. Boy, I would love to see it though. I would have loved to have seen George Carl go with that idea. There's your crab bag. We do it every day about 12:45. Up next, UT Pro Timing Day discussion, plus a couple more basketball stories. The John Morant update, as we mentioned, plus this Jamie Dixon story. Sounds like coaches in the Big 12 need to start worrying about what they say to their players. We'll get you that one on the horn.